Hey, you guys. It's episode 10 of the Katie and Ryan show. That's exciting. Double digits. Double digits. We've made it this far. That means we've done this for 10 episodes. And we haven't thrown each other off a cliff yet. Well, (laughs) don't get your hopes up, kid. Um, We're very excited to bring to you some, well... I guess we're not so excited. Some red flags in real estate. Yeah, we're going to get those elephants in the room and just get rid of them. We're just going to shine light on everything. All the good corners and bads in real estate. Elephants don't like lights in their eyes. I love elephants. Okay. (laughs) This is just bad. Anywho, so I am Ryan David Lara. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter at at Ryan Realty Pro or on Facebook. Search Ryan David Lara, the Realty Pro. And I'm on Instagram under kt.realtor and on Facebook as Katie Chadwick. Ooh, Chadwick. Still getting used to the Chadwick. I know. Are you used to it yet? I surprisingly am answering as Katie Chadwick and talking to people, but my signature is still... (laughs) You're still working on it? It's like the fourth grader. It's just confused. How do I do this? Yeah. I need to learn cursive, says the teacher. Anywho, so we're going to give you guys a quick update on interest rates today. So uh, here are some figures for you guys. So current 30-year fixed rates are at about 4.7%. 15-year fixed are, are about 4.15. And so there's a small trend downward from last week. So things are kind of hovering a little bit right now there. So it's not this doom and gloom that the right. interest rates are, ah, pitchforks, torches, run for the hills. They're still pretty solid, so if you're looking to buy, now's as good as time as any. Yep, and we love helping people find homes. Yeah, totally. So don't be shy. Don't be shy, totally. So let's dive right in. So as Katie alluded to earlier, our topic today are is the red flags in real estate. So we're just going to talk about some things that involve more structural things, things in the house, or we can even we're even going to move into agency and some things you can look in that realm that are make your IRL go up and run for the hills. We want you guys to always be making the most informed decisions and sometimes just like in in, in, a, in any other business there's red flags and we just really want to bring your guys' awareness to those red flags and make sure you're protected. Totally. So the first item we're going to jump into is Kind of important, no big, yeah, deal. no big deal. Foundational and structural issues you might run into in a property. So right. some things you want to look out for are foundational structural issues. Of course, uh, if you're not buying a new bill, you kind of need to keep in mind that your home is maybe gently used or maybe not so gently used. <laughs> and so things that you should definitely keep an eye out for. Of course, we always recommend hiring a professional home inspector who can really kind of map out everything that's wrong with the house. Um, it, some things are really obvious to the eye, while other things like cracks in the foundation may take a little bit more of a trained eye to see. So um, definitely hire a home inspector if you are purchasing a home. Keep in mind that every home's gonna have issues, so don't freak out if you know three light bulbs are burned out you definitely want to pay attention to the large issues which are going to be foundational um, structural so that looks like maybe the house is just leaning to the left a little bit totally Um, maybe there's excessive wood rot on the outside on the exterior so that may lead to more termite which may be a bigger problem overall especially if there's an infestation 
Yeah, and and kind of going back to the, the foundation structural issues that might come up. Uh, keep in mind, the house doesn't have to be you know this gut of a house that needs to be totally fixed. I've seen fixer-uppers, things that have been flipped, and still have the foundational issues. When you're walking through the living room and you can kind of sense, wait a minute, it feels like the, the living room's kind of leaning on this side of the side of the house, or you know, you can kind of start, you can tell, you can tell the difference between sub like a subflooring issue, or oh, the it feels like there's maybe a little wave in the floor. To, yeah. Hmm. If I put a level here, it's gonna the level itself is gonna fall and slide to the other yeah. side. You don't so, like houses like that. Yeah, exactly. So just something to be aware of. Um, don't lean too much on your real estate agent to know about the structural foundational stuff. They might be able to give you an, an umbrella idea. Some maybe hmm, you should maybe get a you know a contractor to come look at it on top of a home inspection. Right. Or maybe right. a structural engineer mm -hmm. if it's a serious concern. Um, and they're you know they're gonna get down to you know hopefully the crawl space and just find out if there's any you know what what the deal's going on. Is your foundation from 1902? And there are some problems there because we have earthquakes. <laughs> yep, especially in California. Yeah, and then kind of going back to the termite issue, um, you know, termites are one of the top, uh, you know, reasons of homes being, you know, just where, what home damage comes from. Um, you know, they, it's not a major thing that you that people think of and see. It's a visual thing. These are little tiny pests that. It's, it's a little bite here and there. Right. And there's a ton of them. And you don't see it all the time. And you'll have an older property that may, maybe, let's say, you're 30, 40 years old. And there could be up to, you know, six, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000 worth of termite damage. Even more so. Right. Uh, and it can be dry rot, like you said, on the outside. It could be, there could be infestations going on on the inside. Um, a house might need to be tented mm -hmm. to, you know, kill any active infestations. And may need to be spot treated. Just depends on right. the extent of the damage. Um, we always recommend too, if you do have a current property, it doesn't hurt to get regular treatments. Oh, absolutely. And you know, um, if you do have these yearly treatments, if they miss something that leads to more damage, they should take care of that for you. Totally. You know, it's so much better having that peace of mind, knowing that when you go to sell the house, you're not going to have $3,000 worth of termite damage that you're going to have to try to negotiate onto the buyer. Exactly. Cool. So next topic we're going to go into is roofing issues. So roofing issues can be a multitude of different things. This is, this is something you can kind of start getting an eye for even during the showings and um, taking a look at properties. But again, if it's something that you feel might be an issue, again, lean on your home inspector, a possibly roofing contractor down the road. Right. Things you should look out for if you have an asphalt shingle roof you're taking a look at. Missing shingles? Yeah. <laughs> Are they gone? Hmm. Why is why does it look like a you know why is there spots missing on my roof type thing? Yeah. So take a look for that. If it has a tile roof, broken tiles happen all the time. It's not you know red alert worry you know major concern, but just keep in mind hey you should get those tiles broken tiles fixed. Right. And something that I've kind of seen become a problem is maybe the roofing was done incorrectly. So you have some tiles that are layered on top of each other a little bit awkwardly, and that's often a sign of kind of a shoddy job with the roofing contractors. Correct. And I definitely recommend re leaning on your realtor to help you find those roofers because in my experience, there's roofers who will do one job for five grand and other realtors who will do it for 2100 so mm -hmm. you know you really have to be careful because just like any contractors if they there may be some bad apples out there definitely and cheaper always isn't isn't always right better. right exactly 
another thing to keep in mind is if you are a buyer in a contract and the roof is a concern to you, an idea you can do is ask the seller for a roof cert or a roof certification. And what basically that means is the seller, the owner, they're getting a roofing contractor out to the property to take a look on the roof. They should be walking on the roof, um, repairing any little minor things. And what they wind up doing is they write up a roof cert, which is like a one page document saying, hey, me, the said contracting company, uh, certify the roof for typically a period of about a year, uh, sometimes two if it's a really <laughs> rough roof, but typically a year and just says, it just guarantees it. So if there's any issues with the roof within that year, you can go back to that contractor and say, hey, um, I have a leak in my ceiling. Can you come over and fix this for me, please? Right. And that's a good way to just kind of give the buyer ease going into a, a transaction that they're not, they don't feel too comfortable with the roof. Right. And so next is we want to kind of talk about location. And you've heard it before, location, location, location. Um, keep in mind that you can renovate your house, but you can't renovate the entire neighborhood. So as you are looking for your home, kind of pay attention to the upkeep of the neighborhood, the overall energy that's involved, some red flags, maybe cars and yards, you know, <laughs> um, loud neighbors. I will actually give a good example of that. There is a city in, in Orange County that will go nameless. But you know they're they're very strict on parking. So many houses get so many parking permits for the street, mm -hmm. and the city starts going out out at night yeah. and ticketing. So what people wind up doing is they start parking on the lawns. Oh wow! And you think, oh well, that's illegal. Well, guess what? It isn't in the city. So oh, you that's have the, so the city you have all these cars parked on people's lawns and not on the street. Way to stick it to the yeah. van. <laughs> yeah, good for them. Totally bad for home value. Good for them, bad <laughs> yeah. for home value. So uh, if you. You know, you really like the upkeep of the mowed lawns. You don't want a neighbor's fence who's going to be bright purple. Um, you know, an HOA actually may be a good fit for you. A lot of people kind of, ugh, you know, HOA. Uh, you pay these people to harass you monthly about little things. But if you really want to have consistency in the aesthetics of your neighborhood as well as upkeep and ordinances um, for keeping things orderly, uh, HOA may definitely be for you and not all of them are so intense as Orange County and others. Totally. And we're, we're very aware there's pros and cons that come with HOAs. But if you're one of the main concerns is you don't want your neighbor painting their fence purple yeah. or their house lime green. Yeah. And you want to make sure your home values and your, your immediate neighborhood are going to be steady and, and cohesive. Yes. That's a good, you know, it's a good way to maintain, to make sure that, get in, you know, being an HOA community. Uh, another thing I'll, I'll bring up too is, you know, Katie mentioned the energy of a neighborhood and that might sound kind of flu-flu, but, yeah. but it's totally not. Like it makes total sense. You need to be aware of where your neighborhood's trending. Is this area feel like it's about to boom? Does this area feel like it's about to bust? Or what type of businesses are coming into my area? Right. Um, Redlands, for example, the, the downtown area, we're getting, we're getting sprouts. There's going to be a new uh, packing house opening up in a couple years. And so that type of stuff just invigorates the neighborhood, makes you know, hey, our home values are going to be moving in a good direction. Right. And that, that's the type of stuff, the flu flu stuff that, you know, Katie mentioned that actually is important and I think should definitely weigh into whether or not I'm going to pick this neighborhood over a different one. Right. So now that we've kind of addressed more of the real estate housing specific red flags, we're going to transition into some red flags that may go into agency in regards to you know 
real estate agents. <laughs> so one of the items we're gonna talk about is poor communication. And just like any job, any career field out there, doesn't necessarily mean real estate, but if there's poor communication, it could just lead to a multitude of problems. Whether it's you're, you're not sure if your offer is being negotiated properly to the seller, if it's poor negotiation between you and your agent, mm -hmm. there's, there's these issues that come up and you just want to make sure that you're being taken care of. And when poor communication comes into play, you almost feel like you're the, I don't know, you just feel, you feel helpless. Right. And it's, it's frustrating for all sides and poor communication doesn't just have to be from your realtor. It may be from, if you're purchasing home, the lender. And if you, even if you're the seller and your agent can't get a hold of the lender when you're in escrow, that could absolutely lead to issues. Oh, totally. And that's, that's a scary thought. But again, if you have a good real estate agent, they're going to take care of you. Right. And over communication doesn't hurt either, especially in, in something that's such a big deal like yeah. buying or selling your house when i was buying my first house i wasn't i was not a real estate agent yet so here's me just trying to get my house and we actually went through an original we had a, an agent originally and he had terrible communication he didn't know what county this was by the way oh, <laughs> yeah it was really bad anywho yeah it was a total mess he's telling us he's negotiating with the selling side about certain items on the contract and then we go, we do our like home search. We're doing our due diligence on our end. And we notice the house is back on the market. And we're like, wait a minute. We were in escrow. We're back on the market. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it was just like. My look is terrified yeah, right now. Just yeah. so you guys know. And I was like, wait, what? And so I'm calling him I'm like, wait, why is it showing it's back on the market? And he's like, oh, well, I'm still trying to work this out. And it's like, whoa, what do you, like just terrible agents. Horrible, right. Garbage. And no one, no one feels good in that situation. And. This entire process is already so stressful. To have that included is just not healthy for anyone. Yeah, exactly. So next topic on real estate red flags is lack of negotiation skills. Right. And what does that mean? That means when you are in negotiations, uh, your agent may not be tactful, meaning... They may try to strong arm the other side. They may be strong armed by the other side. Correct. The entire process of negotiation is not for one side to come to the other, but both sides to come together. How beautiful. Um, and come to an agreement. I mean, of course, it's going to waver as the different market exists you know if it's a buyer's market there's going to be a little bit more leverage for the buyer if it's seller's market the seller's not going to have to really go as far um to meet in the middle but keeping that in mind if you are experiencing um an agent who's wanting to strong arm the other side and you know you're not necessarily passionate about doing that um it may be not that they are extremely aggressive for you but it may be actually detrimental because they're breaking that relationship with the other side and when there's a loss of trust and grace in a transaction it it always comes back to you definitely and just to to expand on something katie mentioned there are, a lot of people think that a poor negotiator is just someone who's weak and falls through falls down and just lets the other side take advantage of them but i also think on the other flip side of that a poor negotiator someone is who's strong who's strong arming and trying to just 
go too crazy initially. Right. If someone's, if an agent starts nitpicking and being too aggressive, when you're just going through offers, mm -hmm. uh, that's a bad sign for the transaction. I've had clients who have just, they see some odd stuff like that, strong arming going on in the, in the negotiation stage. And they just say, you know what? I don't want to deal with these people. I don't care if their offer is higher. And because it's a bad omen that, hey, if we're in negotiations and it's already rough, I don't want to deal with this person during escrow. I don't want to deal with this agent. I don't want to deal with these sellers. So it's kind of this middle, it's this balance. It's not, it's not about, you know, just bending over and letting the other side do whatever they want. And it's not about, you know, hitting them with a sledgehammer in the face initially. It's this happy medium. And truly negotiation is an art. I'm, I'm going to kind of pull back the curtain for our consumer listeners, but there's two types of agents I've dealt with. There's agents where I feel like it's going to be a battle, where it's going to be me versus them, and it's just going to it's going to be a fight. If I ask for something, they're going to ask for something, and just da, 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 just tit for tat, tit for tat, the entire transaction. Then there's other type of agents where we come together, we know what we each side wants. We're being realistic on expectations and we, we come together and say, you know what, let's get this done for each of our clients and represent them to the best of our ability and make sure everyone's happy at the end of the day. Right. So there's, it's just a balance. Right. And usually with negotiation, what goes around comes around and I like that. to have yeah. grace and understanding is really good karma for the entire transaction. Of course, you can have those rare occurrences where people are just not graceful no matter what you've given them but most people you'll find in negotiations are receptive to the kindness that you offer them not that you're giving away the farm but you know you're willing to work with them and they'll respect that and be willing to work with you a little bit more definitely and to to kind of go back more on the consumer side you know you know be realistic about your expectations and what you asked for uh, you know, don't come in strong asking for every little nitpicky item on the home inspection to be on the repair request. You know, don't don't say, hey, I want this $2 light bulb changed and know that you can go to Lowe's and take care of that yourself because there may be some other item on the repair request that might be a little more important to you that you want to get done and taken care of more so than a $2 light bulb. So I hope you guys found those little tidbits useful. Um, we All we want to do is just bring awareness to things we've come across in real estate transactions. I just want to bring you guys as much value as possible. Totally. And we're always happy to help. We're happy to help with your home buying, home selling needs. Feel free to contact us. I am on, again, on Instagram and Twitter at, at Ryan Realty Pro on Facebook, fb.me slash Ryan Realty Pro. And I'm on Instagram as kt.realtor and on Facebook as Katie Chadwick. And then I just wanted to let you guys know we're never too busy for your referrals. Your referral is always a big compliment to us. Um, and our next episode, episode 11, is going to be with Lisa Malhot, who is really well versed in real estate investing so we want to give you guys some great information on investing in real estate yeah it's gonna be an awesome podcast and we're so very excited we'll see you then and we hope you have a great day